Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 52. Welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put the show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake and here with me again, as usual, Mr. Sandy McKay. Hey Rob, how you doing today? Very good. How are you? I'm um, awesome. Excited to be here again and... Uh... Excited to have another amazing guest. This is going to be a great show. I am very excited as well. We have Derek Peaver uh, from PeaverCon Group of Companies, and he's going to talk to us about all kinds of different things. I don't even know where to start with this one, so we'll wait until he gets on here to uh, explain what he does, but super interesting, and I can't wait to get going. So thanks for coming on, Derek. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Excited to be here. First things first. We're going to encourage everyone to go over to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. Slowly but surely, we're just making little changes to this, and hopefully it'll be a very good resource for all of you to get in contact with our previous guests and uh, also maybe touch on some other education and whatnot about real estate investing. So we encourage you to go over there. Yeah, and uh, sign up for our list too. We've got the free uh, giveaway there, seven freedom activators you can trigger in your property starting right now. Uh, it's a free download. You can grab it anytime. It's just going to help you uh, uh, manage your properties better, create more freedom in your life, and uh, just be a better uh, investor in real estate overall. And uh, as well, on top of that, always want to encourage people to jump onto iTunes and leave us a great review, a five-star review if you don't mind. And uh, we've got a bunch of them on there, but the more we get, the better we uh we are able to bring great guests on. It just makes the show reachable to more people. Uh, it shows up better in the searches there, and uh, really that that pumps us up and inspires us to bring on some more great guests and do great shows and keep this thing running. You know what I love, Sandy, is people are actually going on and putting on the reviews. Every month we've got new ones. So again, I'm going to read a few to us. And we actually had an explosion of five-star reviews within the last, like since we did the last show. So um, I, I won't read them all, I don't think, but we've now got 80 five-star reviews and, uh, and 86 ratings overall. And the lowest one is a three-star. So uh, that was probably back when we had uh, more technical difficulties and whatnot with the show, hopefully. Yeah. But, uh, but, but people, the most recent ones are all five-star, so thanks, everyone. Uh, the first one is from MPRSM10. He or she says, keep up the amazing work. Five stars. I chanced upon this podcast last summer, and I've been a huge fan ever since. Love the great mix of theoretical, i.e. various investing strategies, etc., 
impractical discussions, i.e. avoiding common pitfalls, motivational sessions, etc. The most important thing I've gained was the courage to do my first deal. It's also been inspiring to hear the journeys of all your many guests. I continue to recommend this show to all of my friends. That is a good one. Thank you. The next one is from Renzib. And it is five stars as well. It says, great content. I am brand new to REI. And this is a great source of information. Really liked the one on incorporating your REI business. Thanks. I'm interested in learning about rent-to-owns if possible. Five stars. Good. Cool. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are interested in rent-to-owns. We, I don't think we've done a rent-to-own. Oh, yeah. Huh. It's been a while. <clears throat> Did we do one? Yeah, we did. Well, we had we had Gary Hibbert on. We've oh, had, that's uh, right. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. That was man, that was so long back. ago. Long uh, ways back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gary Hibbert. Yeah. Great. She does rentals. That's true. We didn't, really, we didn't really go into it deeply, but. Yeah, and Gary Hibbert was a great guest actually, and I still am in contact with Gary uh, quite a bit. So, anyone who hasn't heard that, it was one of our very first interviews. So I think it was six. Yeah, episode five, six. six. Yeah. Go back and listen to that. He was full of information there. The Learning Curve Accelerators. That is our new, we have been dubbed the, learn, the Learning Curve Accelerators by Mr. Insurance Guy. My wife and I recently started getting educated around real estate investing and I came across this podcast about a month ago and we can't get enough. The content is extremely helpful and relevant to the Canadian and mainly Ontario market. And the questions you guys ask evoke real dialogue with each of the guests. It's amazing how you books and podcasts are available in audio format when it comes to Canadian real estate investing. But you guys do a great job at educating your listeners while keeping it entertaining. We also enjoyed the wide range of topics. This one is actually really long. The wide range of topics. I'll leave it at that. Thanks, Robin Sandy. And there's, I don't know, one, two, three, four five more probably that I haven't read but um, maybe we'll get to those next time six seven there's cool. seven more actually that I haven't read yet so um, thank you so much we really appreciate everyone's feedback and you know what if you if you've got something a little critical to say or if there's a topic especially that you want to hear from us we should do another rent to own one soon next month I believe we've got one of the contractors that I work very closely with here and he does He's done like 20 plus basement conversions. Um, so that's going to be really interesting as well. But if anyone has recommendations, please feel free to let us know. And we will hopefully get to all of these other emails at another time. And the other thing too, I want to thank everyone. We've done a few events over the last month or two and uh, I've had some really great turnouts. Anyone who showed up to those events, really grateful to have you out. And uh, I know I hope everyone took a lot away from them. Uh, we're going to continue doing some events here and there throughout the year. I think we're going to probably ramp it up a little bit more as we get going rob right yeah that was uh, fun sandy i actually got to come yeah. down to hamilton and hang out with you guys for a day uh, a couple weeks ago and which is mm. something that i haven't done you know both of us are just so busy and sandy you were out to one of our tours a little while ago so it was yeah. fun just um crossing over again and hanging out together 
The one thing I'm a little disappointed in, though, is I heard last weekend that you took a bunch of people out to actually tour some of the properties that you were working on. So I was a little bit disappointed I didn't get to come down and see those. Some interesting things you've got going on. Yeah, it was great. We went out and saw, um, we did the buy, fix, refinance kind of strategy tour. So we saw a before version and a, a fully done version just right, just about to be rented. And we looked at one on the market that was available to do the same sort of uh, project on. So it was cool. And I, I really, if someone, if you're not on our email lists, I mean, not all of these events get talked about on the show. So I really encourage you to jump on our email list. If you can't find it on our website or for some reason that you're having trouble getting on our list, just shoot us an email, info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca and just say you want to be on our email list. And that way you won't miss out on any of these events that we're hosting. Yeah, you know what? That's our fault, though. We really didn't push what we were doing until just recently, and we I don't really know why we didn't. I guess it was more just an oversight rather than any other real reason. But, um, yeah, it's good. I think at the end as well, we're going to mention some stuff that we have coming up. So stay tuned till the end. Don't turn it off before that. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think that's well, about all we have to say before the interview. Can you think of anything else? No, we got Derek waiting here. I say, let's get into it. Sounds good. Derek is a visionary entrepreneur with a clear picture in his mind of what the future holds for his PeverCon group of companies. Derek has an incredible appetite for knowledge in the fields of self-improvement, leadership and management, real estate business, and has adopted a lifelong learning attitude. Over 100 real estate transactions under his belt since 2006 and five active businesses Derek continues to oversee strong returns being generated for investors and is effectively managing the assets of his valued group of friends and family. Derek's a Platinum Rain member, uh, which means he's had 50 plus properties purchased as a member. He's probably getting over 100 there and being a Diamond member this spring. Uh, he's won Rain Top Awards, uh, Top Players Award in 2012, 13, 14, and 15, and the Rain Joint Venture Partner of the Year for BC uh, for 2013 and 14. He's also the 2015 Rain Joint Venture Partner of the Year uh, Award winner for BC. And uh, I think there's a lot more of them. I think we'll maybe leave it at that. Um, he's yeah. an award-winning investor. That's, that's right. impressive enough, all right? You're putting the rest of us to shame. So yeah. um, you, you, that isn't even all of them, though, which no. is amazing. So that congratulations on all of that, Derek. That's very impressive. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate the amazing introduction thrilled to be here. Uh, this is how I got my start as well as is at books, seminars, you know, YouTube University. So love what you guys are doing. Checked out all, almost all of your your podcasts and a big, big binge week there. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So to, just kick us off here, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate investing and, and why you chose real estate? Absolutely. So 2005 is when I say my light bulb got turned on and it was just kind of in a chance ride that I took with my friend who was picking up his boss from the airport, Vancouver airport, and he was actually renovating homes for this lady, a wonderful lady named Kelly Fry. She's a top realtor in uh, Port Coquitlam now. A lot of people in, in the real estate community know her, but uh, she, the whole way from the airport back to Pitt Meadows. She was just telling us about her properties abroad and a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, as I'm sure you guys are familiar with. And Heard of the very next day, I went down and bought it and just had that paradigm shift, right, where I changed my whole kind of life's plan from, you know, buying a nice principal residence, a Harley, a boat, 
all the doodads, and I, I reversed my whole plan to taking what savings I had, my lines of credit, and going out and buying the, the investment properties that would later on afford those things for me. So basically what we did was we started learning. I read the series of books. We started our hunt for cash flow properties, and that took us out to a little tiny town at the end of the Fraser Valley called Agassiz. And in March 2006, uh, myself, my business partner, my best friend, Carson Kahn, and my dad and his dad went four ways on a condo for $65,000. So we put down, that was a two-bedroom, by the way. Uh, we put down $5,000 each. We were all in renovations, and Carson and I basically would do the work um, you know, renovating it with the, the brush nickel conversion and the baseboards and paint and the basic reno. We put up equal amount of money as our dads. We qualified for the mortgage. So right from our first property, it was a joint venture. And then uh, somebody knocked on our door during the renovation and said, hey, on the second floor, we've got one for you for 50000 for a one-bedroom. So we couldn't resist. We moved our tools up there, renovated that. Same thing happened, knocked on our door third floor 52,000 so we just kind of got on a roll right out of the gates and and uh, you know that we thought we had to go out that far to find positive cash flow because when you're new you don't really see the opportunities right yeah well at 50,000 I'm guessing you couldn't really go wrong <laughs> yeah no when, when we first bought them they were renting for you know $400 $500 and just over the course of three years we got those rents up probably to, you know, 750, 850, that kind of thing. So it was a good little repositioning project on a small scale. So now what did you do? You hang you hung on to those? You know, those are some of the few properties that we ever sold because at the time I lived in Surrey and uh had a full-time job and I was getting really tired of driving out to Agassiz, which is probably a good hour commute uh to deal with what I call the Jerry Springer show because <laughs> In Agassiz, you know, you're either renting to inmate families or corrections officers. And, you know, we would obviously prefer the latter. But, you know, a lot of the time when you're suffering vacancy for a few months in a small market, you'll you'll make an exception and then have to learn some hard lessons. That's interesting. It's almost like you could put one correctional officer in the building and <laughs> <laughs> just look after the rest. You would hope, but I think they want to leave their work at work. Yeah, I would. I don't think I'd want to be in that situation. Um, yes. Okay, cool. So, so that was 2006, I guess, and 2007. Right. How did it play out from there? Yeah. So, after the three condos in Agassiz, uh, we actually bought a townhouse in Pet Meadows, BC, which is somewhere I grew up for a period of time. Went to high school, and that's where Carson and his family were from. Just down the road from their house, a uh, little townhouse complex, we bought a two-bedroom townhouse for 165000 And same thing, gutted it, you know, did the $15,000 kind of renovation with floors, paint, countertops, that kind of thing. Got a new, better tenant in there paying a, a, a higher rent. Uh, at that point, I was out of my own savings and I was out of my own line of credit because that deal took a bit more capital to do. Um and, you know, from that point on, I had to figure out how to turn it into a business. So right around that time is when I started, you know, really going to the, the fast track to cash flow seminars, the rain group, that kind of thing, and uh, learned how to add value and, and have other people put up the money. So 
deal number five was a condo in Mission, BC, where we actually had Carson's aunt purchase a two-bedroom condo outright on her line of credit for 150000 and we did about 12000 worth of reno, and two months later, because the market was booming, kind of similar to today, we were able to refinance uh, based on $200,000 appraisal, uh, get a 75% first mortgage, pay out her line of credit, and we were just into the property for renovation costs, so that was kind of a, a cool deal, and we tried to for sale it by owner, which I don't usually recommend these days, and uh, we couldn't get what we wanted, so we just rented it out, and we still have it today. And then same thing, uh, someone knocked on our door, we bought another one in that building, moved our tools downstairs, and just kind of continued from there with friends, family, um, you know, my mom, I think, did deal number eight, and so on. You know, my I, I worked in the marine industry, actually, for 10 years, so I had a lot of tugboat captains and and friends that way that had good income and they were able to qualify for mortgages and and put up the money and I would do the work and basically only make money when they make money and if they lose money I lose money. Mm -hmm. And that's the amazing thing about these groups like Rain and um, and out here Durham REI and Sandy your groups out where you are is like when you first join those groups you you don't really understand that there are actually people that can see what you've done now with those four proper uh, projects under your belt and then on the fifth one you're able to bring in somebody who you know, wasn't a relative and, you know, you didn't just have to say, come on, you know, give me some yeah. money. <laughs> right. So they were um, more someone that want like trusted in you, believed in you, looked at your past uh, record of what you've done and they were actually willing to, you know, invest in you. And so these are the That's things right. that people just starting out. And I know myself and probably you, Sandy, were in the same boat when you when you first heard about that. I was I was like no one's gonna want to give me money, yeah. You know, um, so that's pretty common for a lot of people to think of. But but I mean maybe not right off the bat. But once you've got a little bit of experience under your belt, people will give you money if they can see that you've got a proven track record. That's very important. So absolutely, um, don't think that that's not gonna happen for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so much money out there, and Sandy's got all of it. It's all tied up. <laughs> Okay, so what what do you think were some of the bigger challenges that you faced while you were starting out, and how did you manage to overcome them? Well, you know, one of the lessons that I think I was fortunate to learn early on was that the properties, and they teach a lot of this stuff at, you know, things I was paying attention to, but curb appeal is very important to make a landlord's life easier. You know, the Agassiz condos were very ugly, and... You know, we'd get stood up at appointments constantly. I'd travel all the way out there and nobody would show, even though I talked to them before I left. You know, the tenant profile, like, in my opinion, there's there's just a total spectrum of, like, a landlord's experience. And I felt that the, the low-end property management is just definitely not something I want to deal with where you're stressed out. You know, you lose your appetite because you're dealing with all this drama, whereas now I've turned my business to as high end as possible with the clients that we deal with at our rental properties where often it's companies paying the bill and you know just the price point alone is your main screening agent and regular cleaning service every two weeks that kind of thing it's just totally different program for for landlording that's I think a lot more pleasant no matter what you do like we we own properties right across the spectrum and as long as you like I'm a big believer in you know providing a clean property and good repair and 
maintaining things and, and owning properties that you can be proud of, right? Where you're not kind of ashamed to even let anybody know that you, you own them. And that's just kind of the, the route that we've gone. Do you have any other challenges that you were facing when you started out? Yeah, well, one tip is the properties that have done the worst for us over the last 10 years, as far as appreciation and just overall rental performance, would be the ones where, you know, the curb appeal is poor and you may have an amazing suite because mainly what we've done is condos and townhouses, very few detached homes. We own one um, eight-unit building in Maple Ridge and couple other things but mainly condos to townhouses but the ones that don't have in-suite laundry and don't allow pets and curb appeal is is not that great you know we own some that are, we've had for almost 10 years that are worth 20 percent less than what we paid and unfortunately some of those were family deals that we did early on so you know looking back I wouldn't do any more of that um, just you know really good curb appeal you show up, there's lineups of people, you know, every 15 minutes, you see, you get a little frenzy and rent it out. Um, other challenges would be trying to transition into a full-time investor for me was tough doing unfurnished rentals because even if they cash flow three, $500 a month, it's difficult because as you guys know, it that goes right back into the property to appliances or a vacant month here and there. Whereas furnished rentals was my out you know, when when they started doing furnished rentals, they could actually afford to pay me a few hundred bucks a month per property and still be budgeting properly for furniture replacement and uh, vacancy and all that kind of stuff. So that was a big challenge trying to get to the full-time real estate investor and then doing furnished rentals. Obviously, in the beginning, you still have a job. That's that's a tough transition. I used to get changed on the way to work pretty much every day. Uh, because I'd be doing my real estate stuff and then get there half an hour early, get changed in the car, go to work, you know, wake up, crush the office for a few hours, then go run errands then to real for real estate projects and then off to work. So it's not an easy transition, but it, it is doable. So as far as the price point and stuff like that goes, do you find that offering a furnished rentals, you have to replace appliances and furniture less or, or more? Well, I guess if it's not furnished, but let's say, are they taking better care of things because of the price point and the prestige of what you're offering? Absolutely. Like we have fridges that are 10 years old and we could sell them, you know, as, as new fridges because they are getting a deep clean on a regular basis. You know, the guest knows we're coming in every two weeks, so they're generally on pretty good behavior and you know just as as you know if some if you have a messy tenant there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do you know give them a free cleaning at christmas or something but if if you have cleaners going in every two weeks and and they're letting me know if the silicone starting to let go or they think they might be wearing their shoes in the suite or they're smoking in the suite then we can deal with those things right away so what's your favorite investment strategy and, and why and maybe if you can tie into this you know, why, why you've chosen condos and townhouses as opposed to doing any detached. Yeah, okay, so there's so many. Uh, that's the awesome thing about real estate. But if I had to put a finger on it, it would, of course, be our, our bread and butter business, which is super sweet. And, you know, second place would probably be what we're getting into now, which is aging in place, uh, independent living for seniors, which is very comparable to super suites in a lot of ways, especially if we do a furnished model for the seniors where they can 
try the product for 30 days, for example, then decide if they want to take a, a longer-term suite for a year. Hmm. But the reason why Super Suites is my favorite strategy is because we buy the farm for what it yields, not for what it might be worth one day, which is Warren Buffett, right? So even if uh, we buy a property for, let's say, 300000 which is our cookie-cutter deal, and there's zero appreciation over five years, like our investors are still going to get a double-digit return or close to it just off of cash flow and mortgage paydown. Mm-hmm. So another cool way to put it is you guys might have heard that. It's like the three meals of real estate. Have you heard that one? Go ahead. I I okay. don't I don't think I have, actually. Okay. Well, here's a cool one for you. I, <laughs> I heard this from Thomas Beyer, so I better give him credit. Um, basically, the appetizer on a regular real estate deal is the cash flow. The main meal, the main course, is the mortgage pay down. And the dessert, if you get any, is the appreciation. But with furnished rentals, it's actually the appetizer is the pay down. The main course is the cash flow. The main profit center is actually the cash flow. And then the dessert, if you get any, is appreciation. So it's um, that, that's probably why I like it the most. And then besides that, the real secret to the whole thing, and it's not that exciting, is the cleaning service. Because we're paying not only for cleaning and maintaining the property, but also uh, intelligence, right? So that, that just allows us to give a, like an impeccable level of property management where anything's not working right or even light bulbs are out and stuff like that like we're on top of it it's a constant fight for that show suite yeah well i think that's actually a very interesting part of it is having the cleaning service i would love that if uh, i was renting a place and there was a cleaner that came in every two weeks and cleaned up after me that'd be fantastic absolutely okay so with the seniors places i actually wanted to ask you another question about that so in what ways are you catering to them is there on-site assistance for them or is it just more that you've made it like accessible and that kind of thing yeah so i'll tell you guys about a project that we've got under construction in abbotsford it was actually long delayed so i've done a lot of research and a lot of preparation for it it was pretty ambitious it's a 26 uh, story high-rise in Abbotsford, which only has you know 120,000 people. It's the tallest building in BC outside of Metro Vancouver. Wow, that's and, cool. And um, right now, the tallest building in Abbotsford is only 16 stories, built you know probably 15, 20 years ago. So it's it's pretty substantial. It's right on Mill Lake, which is kind of like what Stanley Park is to Vancouver for Abbotsford, mm-hmm. uh, right beside the hospital, etc. But what we've done is have a tight relationship with the developer Quantum Properties, and it's a building that has three stories of commercial in the bottom. And then what we've done is we've bought, well, an investor group that I'm involved with has bought a block of 46 units, so the lower floors, and that's what we're going to run the seniors' independent living in. And then above that is actually owner-occupiers, but a seniors' demographic as well. Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're calling it Mahogany Platinum for these suites that have the escalated level of service. And what we offer them is, first, the best real estate in Abbotsford with unobstructed mountain views of and also of the lake. It's a non-combustible building. Uh, there's resort-style amenities on site uh, that the developer's putting in. We've also got our own kind of AIP, Aging in Place, uh, room where our concierge is on the main lobby floor and that has an adjoining door to the 
Big Feast Bistro, which is the restaurant for the building, and they do organic, like local. He's on Canadian national cooking shows, all kinds of cool stuff. He has a really successful business in Maple Ridge, and he's going to be expanding out to, to Abbotsford. So the other things that we have is we have some aging in place renovations, which are a lot of just simple things that help people stay at home longer and aging in place technologies. So if somebody has a significant medical event, you know, we can enable things like fall detector, flood detector, you know, if the smoke detector goes off, it'll call the concierge, um, stove guard, those kind of things. So that's basically the simple recipe on, on what they're getting. There's a ton of other benefits like, you know, access to the Mill Lake Boardwalk, complimentary commercial with doctors and pharmacy on site. But really, we are just a regular landlord operating under the Residential Tenancy Act, and we're targeting seniors. So there's no licenses or anything required as far as you know doing meals and meds for assisted living, but we hope to maybe grow into that one day. Well, it sounds like a very cool, very interesting project that you're getting into here. So at the end, we're going to talk about how people can get in touch with you and learn more about that too. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, and what about uh, the Super Suites strategy and, and model? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So basically what we do at Super Suites is we'll put together groups of, of buyers and we'll go out and we'll buy, you know, usually minimum four condos at a time and we buy them brand new. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. But a main one is that we always want to be grandfathered as an original owner when this condo board brings in, for example, one year minimum lease terms. So we've, we carefully read the developer's disclosure statement, make sure that we can do what we want to do, which is, you know, 30-day stays. Our average stay is about 68 nights, which is a lot different than Airbnb's average stay of 6.8 nights. Mm-hmm. You know, it's corporate housing by owner. It's, you know, we're members of the Corporate Housing Providers Association. It's an industry that's been around a long time, but just kind of is, is really coming to the forefront now with, with the whole Airbnb movement and stuff. But back to acquisitions, so there's two times that we like to buy. One is when they're trying to get their construction financing and they're really motivated uh, to sell some units. And then the second is when they're sitting on standing inventory, unsold units, which is the case in Calgary right now where where we're buying. So those are the kind of two motivation points for the developer. And we'll tend to give them full full asking price and then we get them to give us some really good terms because the next buyer will will see the price and it'll set a strong precedent for them and then we get some really cool uh, terms of the deal which could be a whole gambit of different things we could ask for but um, the benefit like if there's one investor uh, doing a joint venture with us and they're just able to buy one condo you know they get the buying power of four or six or eight units Um, so that's kind of been our model now and where we'd like to go with it is you know, these types of high-rise projects where we could do, you know, a whole floor of super suites, maybe three floors of independent living, and then really get some serious buying power that way. So now, um, I'm sure this has come up before, but what, what about the whole idea that maybe the uh, bottom floors of the seniors might not really enjoy the the in and out of the super suites? Yeah, so like in, a, in this type of high-rise project, when you get off on a floor, it would feel like a like a senior's independent living floor. Like they're not mixed with super suites on the same floor. 
And there's different views on that. I think the senior of tomorrow doesn't want to feel like they're being kind of put out to pasture and, you know, at this building where there's no real buzz going on. Like, I take the view that seniors want to be in the mix, like in a integrated community with different ages of people, owner-occupiers. Yeah, well, but, I guess that's a good point. I mean, maybe maybe not all of them, but I'm sure there definitely are some, I, I would imagine. That's a good yeah, point. I think those are a little bit maybe the touch older than the client we're going for. Mm-hmm. Like, I've toured all the seniors' facilities in the area that we're doing this, and that's the product of yesterday, right? Like the one bedrooms, the tiny kitchens, no laundry and suite. Mm-hmm. Like the seniors that we're going for are a total different kettle of fish. They expect really high-end and full-size suites and spare bedrooms and amenities and resort-style living. I see myself on the way to to, uh, becoming one of those seniors of yesterday, that's for sure, because I'm already at the point where I'm like, get away from me. You're too (laughs) loud. Turn the volume down. And (laughs) I don't know. So that was just why that question came into my head. Um, I don't think I'm going to be all that hip, but I guess we'll see. Um, so, and I, and I actually saw, um, I think it was on Facebook, maybe your most recent project in Calgary. One of the suites was on yeah. YouTube, I, yes. I, I think, and it looked fantastic. Thank you. Sir. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone should go over to YouTube and I think you just put in super suites and that will come up Calgary. Sure, yeah. Brad's working hard out there. It's a tough market right now. That's two of your companies that we've talked about. And I know you, there's a bunch <laughs> we could talk all day, but you run five companies. So that's not really an easy task uh, as one man. So what types of systems do you have in place to um, help you run your businesses more effectively? Yeah, so you know, to say I run them is, is a bit uh, misleading maybe, but I've got awesome people around, around me. And you know, I, I I'm just really enjoy just starting new things and, and setting up teams of people and you know the whole Jim Collins get the get the best people on the bus. You know you just find good people. You don't create them. Full time talent scout, right? Is something I tell myself all mm-hmm. the time. And just when I find these awesome people, then I try to rope them into you know one of our ideas or one of our real estate based businesses, and they all kind of complement the other. Like for example, In Kind Homes is a new business that we're starting, and it's going to be working with Super Suites to produce what we call super suites on demand, which is a, basically a portable condominium where, where when somebody has a flood or fire at their home or tree falls on their home or any disaster that can happen, we can actually deliver like a self-contained 950-square-foot, uh, two-bed, two-bath, portable condo right to their property. And and that's what Enkind Homes does is is produces these you know small homes, coach homes, rec homes, you know, surge housing, all kinds of cool um, manufactured home products. Tell us a little bit about that. How 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 does that work? What is that? Two um, two trailers kind of thing. What it is is we we actually started off thinking that we were going to do these in shipping containers because mm-hmm. there's a big problem out here where the, these one trippers get sent from China and then they just sit on our docks. So obviously we want to be you know green and recycle and do all that but the more we researched it the more we dug into it over a couple years we decided that the way to go was actually to build one um, you know either steel or wood construction manufactured home and as you guys may know 
that's a big trend just in the construction industry in general is 3D modular and 2D modular. Um, I was involved with a building in Fort St. John where we had a general contractor. We're trying to build 90 units up there in two phases. And we put it out to a contractor who took it to 12 modular builders. And through that whole process, you know, I learned who the best ones were, narrowed it down to two, and then the super suites on demand thing kind of came out of that. That but, sounds really interesting. Yeah, because in these harsh markets or these harsh climates, I mean, like in the north, by building the property manufactured, then you take your risk out of it as far as weather and you know cost overruns with labor shortages and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you pay a bit of a premium, like an insurance policy, but you you know that you know that's what it's going to cost, kind of thing, is the idea. So now it's almost as if you you can turn that model into like a a, a builder for permanent structures. Is that? Something yeah, absolutely. The... Like, as soon as you marry it to a, a property, you can get a PID number and get typical financing, right? Like, they're fully financeable because they're built to all the proper specs. Yeah, that's both. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's a great exit strategy as well for the super suites on demand when they're when they're tired out or, you know, we're onto a better model or whatever. But, you know, even on the super suites on demand, we're in talks with leasing companies that will finance them for us. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, it sounds sorry, like I should. Your, uh, Rob, sorry. Um, the question actually, I think, was what types of systems and <laughs> it was. No, sorry, uh, organization, right? Is just it's the obvious huge one. But one little thing I was going to share was I use this little system for myself out of the E Myth. Have you guys heard of that by I Michael have. Gerber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. every day I make these three lists. I got my entrepreneur list, my e-list, I've got my managerial list, and my technician list, and what I, or task list, right? And what I do is, for example, at night, I'll work on my entrepreneurial task because I just don't get tired and I can get energized at night. In the morning, I'll crush, you know, the T-list, the task list, and the managerial things are generally things I have to schedule, you know, blocked windows of time, like two-hour minimum windows of time to to hit those and I actually rewrite them all daily. I'm still on the, the old paper system, but that that I think has been really key for me. Cool. Yeah, that's a good one too. Thank you. And uh, and I like best people. Surround yourself with the best people is yeah another good one. That's the key. So you've also done several successful joint venture partnerships like you mentioned earlier. Now, who is the ideal person who could benefit from working with you and your company? Yeah, so, you know, I've actually never done a deal that wasn't a joint venture, interestingly enough. Even my principal residence um, is, is a joint venture. Are you talking about a marriage there? Or? No, <laughs> an investor. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it's called the hassle-free tenant strategy, right? It's, you know, someone else puts up the money, you make all the payments, add value to the property, and, and split it 50-50 because the best use of my money is out in other deals because that's the easiest one to raise money for. That's mm-hmm. just a no-brainer for an investor, right? But um, yeah, so the ideal person, like the ideal client that that comes to Super Suites, they're they're generally seeking income, and they're they're willing to give up what I call the maybe money, the appreciations. They're willing to give up some of it in exchange for very predictable but not guaranteed, you know, monthly income. So 
they're usually people that have a career, they have a family, they're busy, they don't want to take the time to, you know, get on podcasts and go to seminars and, you know, do it. So they're they're happy to give up part of the profit. The cool thing too is that, you know, I don't mark anything up and I don't make a dollar if if they don't make a dollar and if we have vacancy or something, I'm on the hook for it too, right? So yeah, sounds like a very win-win setup for partnerships. So that's great. Yeah. And what's coming down the future? Where do you see your business going in the future? Well, right now, Super Sweets, we're we're taking it across Canada. We just in the last year we went to uh, Alberta and Manitoba as well with Brad McLeod in Calgary as our partner on the ground, and and Ben Eco Davis, who you guys have had on the show, and yeah, actually Ben's introduced great. me to you. Yeah, great guy, and and that's what I do is I try to find a superstar in these markets and then if the market's also good and companies that we use and stuff are operating there which is generally the case then we'll we'll go and open up that market and you know we've been talking to rich danby out in ottawa and just you know would like to get into ontario so maybe that's awesome. something we could talk awesome. about some more also, and i was saying rich also was on the show uh, yeah, oh yeah that's right yeah another great guy but yeah, no, I'd like to, uh, you know, whether we go global or, not, global or not, I'd like to create a world-class company and, you know, quality is more important than, than size to me. So uh, if anyone else is interested in joining up with you in some way, maybe there's other people sitting back here in another uh, great market in Canada, maybe they can reach out. Yeah, that's Absolutely. a good point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we're always looking for, for quality people and go from there. How do you gauge what market works for that or not? Is there a certain size of market it needs to be? What do you think? Yeah, so you know we've had some less desirable experiences in the smaller markets. Like even Alberta is so cyclical, even in Calgary. Um, but you know we, we still really like Calgary because long haul we're super confident in it. Um, but Red Deer, we've owned condos in Red Deer. Those have kind of beat us up over the years. Not super suites. You know they were the the zero down ugly condo converted stuff I wish I never bought uh, but you know I, I like major markets ish where they have job growth population growth all the stuff you learn yeah. um, transportation improvements you know we'll try to buy a new condo where there's a train station coming in southeast Calgary we're right across the street from a brand new major hospital you know we fish off the the piers of you know obviously insurance but healthcare, aerospace those kinds of things so we like to be close to those types of areas mm-hmm. fairly close and you mentioned also i guess whoever you're working with service providers or or what oh yeah yeah so companies that that we work with could be rail could be healthcare, just you know insurance adjusters those are the kind of clients and and a lot the cool thing is all these companies that operate in the fraser valley operate in calgary and a lot of them operate in winnipeg so are, we're kind of leveraging those existing relationships into the new markets. I always picture somebody in, uh, say, Red Deer, like you were talking about, just sitting there listening to the show for the first time, wanting to get involved in investing. They go, I know I can make it work here. And then you go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then you go yeah, Red Deer. Yeah, that that place beat us up. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not Red Deer. It's the type of property we bought and the area we bought in. Mm-hmm. You know, that could happen to you anywhere. I'm sure there's great stuff in Red Deer. And he's got to be ready for the the swings in Alberta. That's all. Yeah, makes sense. What is it that motivates you? What keeps you really excited to keep going with this stuff? And what gets you what gives you the inspiration and drive? Well, I just love what I do. It's like Buffett, right? I just tap dance to work. I got a I got a sudden alarm clock to go to bed. 
Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, I love working with, with people um, that I work with. And, you know, obviously I want to kind of, as you may have could tell here, like Warren Buffett's one of my heroes, and I want to obviously make it make the most money I possibly can and give the vast majority of it away to good causes in the end. And I'm really passionate about animal rights and, you know, just service to many leads to greatness, right? So just trying to serve the market and eventually the market will show us love. Well, you mentioned a few things there, um, Rich Dad and, and whatnot, the E-Myth and Warren Buffett throughout the show, but are there any other resources or different things that you can recommend to new investors just starting out? Yeah, so I've been a long-term member of most of the meetup groups in, in the Fraser Valley here, like Rain, REAG, the Real Estate Action Group. It's another good one out of Vancouver. Truly Invested in Winnipeg, Crew Magazine, you know, all those kinds of things are, are good resources. And I'm always a big supporter of, you know, YouTube University, right? Like that's where I went to university. I didn't have any formal education or anything, but you can get a pretty awesome education just, you know, on your show, for example. Other than that, like the real big things for me is, is I'm a big fan of guys like Jim Rohn, Les Brown, Zig Ziglar, you know, like I start my day with that stuff cranked and listening to it all the time. So not just technical you know, real estate business stuff, but just that whole philosophy part, right? Yeah, stuff to get you amped up before you uh, start getting into that technical stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah good. I, yeah. Uh, I love Jim Rohn, one of my favorites. Oh, so choked I didn't get to meet him. Guys, yeah. I'll, I'll put this on the podcast because I'm going to do it. I'm getting a, a Mount Rushmore tattoo off the off, across the top of my back with uh, Jim Rohn's face, Les Brown's face, Zig Ziglar. <laughs> really? I'm doing you it. You have to send us a picture of that. That's going to be, you know, on our uh, on the podcast website for your um, show. Yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's put it out there. I've been talking about it long enough. Well, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's, that's you three heard it. And it's going to say "Standing on the Shoulders of Giants." Oh yeah, who's the fourth? It's it's it, there's a few contenders right now. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we'll find out there. Yes, uh, come back and check it out to find out who the fourth is. Uh, what do you think of him? He's great. He started off at Jim Rohn seminars. Yep, you know? right. Yeah, that's right. He's um, he, like I listen to his stuff. Um, he's not like one of my top guys. I'm kind of on that older generation, I guess. But he's awesome. There's no doubt. He's not making Mount Rushmore though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not on the. He's not on there. No. Uh, so, how can people get in touch with you? Well, they could just Google Derek Peaver. You know, my phone number is 604-657-9909. It's Derek at PeaverCon.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. And that's P-E-E-V-E-R. And as well, you know, as we always do, we're going to put links to all of your services in our show notes so that people can easily get in touch with you through that as well. If they can get to a computer to click onto that. So, Derek, man, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. It was a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, I learned a lot. Super interesting. A lot of new stuff we've never talked about. We haven't had anyone out west for a while either. So no, we cool. haven't. And hopefully uh, we'll be able to meet you at some point. That would be great. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you guys are ever out in uh, in my neck of the woods or, or Calgary or Winnipeg, you know, let us know and we'll, we'll put you up in a nice suite. Oh, see. Okay. Well, I'll take you up on that. You bet. My wife's sister lives in Edmonton, so maybe Calgary's just far enough away. 
Well, you know what? We've got a deal under contract in Windermere right now. Eight units, top floor, 16th floor. Okay, and I'm guessing that's close to Edmonton? That is Edmonton. Oh, it is Edmonton. Okay. It's the best area of Edmonton. Perfect. All right, well, let me know when it's ready to go. Okay, so, uh, Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, if people want to reach out to any questions about uh, this episode or any other guests we've had or, or real estate in Hamilton uh, or real estate in general, we can always reach out to, to me through our office, 905-308-8333. And, of course, you can get to Rob or, and or I through our, our, our email, info at breakthroughraipodcast.ca. As well, if you want to join our mastermind and property tour, I'll be hosting them on March 12th and 25th of this year. So if you miss those two, we, I usually do them twice a month or so. Check out a renovation project and then head off to see some properties that can be converted to legal two units. Check out the requirements and the obstacles and, of course, the numbers on the current projects that somebody in our group is doing as a as a renovation and then head out to uh, see what's for sale. So if you're interested in coming out, they're always informative and fun. So contact me if you'd like to join in. My number is 289-927-0464. And like Sandy said, you can reach me at uh, info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca. And you, so, and, you, and, you, and you go to Oshawa, you go farther east? Uh, you know what? We're adding Kawartha Lakes now, too, so I'm up towards Peterborough area as well. We're going to get some mega cash flow out there. Nice. Well, it's time for everybody's appetizer, and hopefully they can work up to some main course and dessert <laughs> as we go through this real estate <laughs> investing journey. So, everyone, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks.